Hello everyone, this is Trey Borden, and welcome to this episode of What We Gonna Do. Welcome to What We Gonna Do. Um, it has been a fucked up weekend. So I'm recording this live from LA, or not live, I'm recording it from Los Angeles, where I'm in my second uh, day of full government-issued lockdown. Um, I'm not at home, as you can see. I'm somewhere else. Uh, I am far away from downtown, and I have I don't know when I'll be home again. Um, the National Guard is in Los Angeles. We have seen, uh, you know, demonstrations and um, powerful acts of resistance all over our nation. Some of which has resulted in kind of the destruction of some property and some businesses. It's uh, very unclear who, in many cases, it's not the people who have been protesting for justice and reform. It's people who are exploiting this moment to either further destroy marginalized and black communities or to um, kind of capitalize on the chaos for their own selfish and reasons and purposes. Um, I will not make space here um, to denigrate any of the people who are out there protesting police brutality and racism and white supremacy. Um, I think that, you know, people are right to be mad. People are right to be at the end of their rope. We have just gone from a health pandemic to a full racially you know, a full crisis. And I just, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use this space to parse out um, kind of the right way to do that. I think that this whole shit is going to have to change. And if it needs to be burned down in the process to make way for something new, then that's what we're about to do. Um, so anyway, um, it's in that context that we are now discussing um, this week's topic, which is kind of performance, but not just performance. This is about using your platform to do something that can change the world. Um, you know, I wore something flashy because I was like, let's, you know, these people that we're interviewing this week, they are, you know, singer songwriters, the front bands, they start record labels, they shake their ass in public as a form of protest, they summon um, works from the past, from people who are long gone to kind of bring their presence into now. And a lot of the issues and themes that are dealt with uh, in their work are very relevant now. That's the thing. It's like a lot of the shit we're seeing right now this week, last weekend, it ain't, shit ain't new. This is racism, uh, homophobia, gender exploitation, misogyny, you know, labor exploitation. These are things that have been a part of this culture, a part of our world forever. You know, this it's what we need. Last week, we we're talking about healing. It's what we're healing from is this constant deluge of, uh, of these forces that try to tear us apart, tear us down as individuals, try to keep us, you know, keep knees on our neck, literally and proverbially. And so I, I think it's actually appropriate that we're now starting to look to leaders um, who are using, who are building these platforms and then using them to create change. Now, whether they're inspiring change in their own life and kind of sharing that story, whether they're kind of presenting their works in ways that make people forced to deal with them, forced to deal with the issues they bring up, and then kind of making the conversation happen from that point, or whether it is just kind of using the platform you have to inspire the people that look up to you, the people that listen to your music, the people that watch your performances, the people that support you to be agents of change in their own communities. All of it is going to be necessary for us to kind of have even the incremental 
shifts that are going to be necessary to make this place a, a place worth saving, a place worth living in. And I'm just as daunted and as exhausted and as scared, you know? I'm not immune to any of this. Like, I'm not out there in the street because at this moment, I think that's not the best use of my time and resources and kind of like what I can work on. What I can do is kind of lift up people and get conversations started. And and maybe if it gets to a point where like actually the most important thing for me to do is be up in these streets, then you will see me there. Um, um, but for now, this is the way that I'm choosing to kind of push conversations forward. Um, but I'm still scared. This is, I mean, being a black person in this country right now is... Not only is it as hard as it's ever been because a lot of the things that have made it hard haven't changed, but it is it is dealing with it in the context of a pandemic health crisis. A lot of these protests are themselves going to turn into, you know, transmission events. It's like it's like we can't even grapple with one, you know. COVID was like, all right, like I might be the baddest bitch up in here ever. Racism was like, hold my drink. Let me show you what's really good. You know, I ain't never gone nowhere. So... Obviously, it's hard to have these conversations um, in the context of things that seem like such uh, unprecedented crises. But here we go. And I think it's actually worth spending time talking to these people um, and hearing how they plan to use their platforms to change the world. Um, so this week, we're interviewing three people that I admire greatly. They're all queer. Um, they're all people who are, like I just mentioned before, using their platforms for a purpose to create change uh, and to create conversations and to bring voice to the marginalized and inspire people to do the same. Our first guest is my girl, Tara Lopez. So she is 916. She's a homegirl from Sacramento. She also now lives here in Los Angeles. And she is the front woman of an awesome band called Rituals of Mine. She's also the founder of Bitch Wave Studios, her own record label. And she has been able to, and she's also a visual artist um, who does a lot of installation work that allows people to kind of put themselves in other people's shoes. She's got some incredible work we talk about on the in the interview. Um, but she has really been um, amazing at carving out her own lane, uh, standing for her principles, not conforming her ideals, no matter you know, that she's dealing with a music industry that is extremely good at um, pinning someone down and making them into something digestible. You know, she said, fuck that. Here's an example of what Tara Lopez and I talked about. There's a lot of ways to make change. Why it, for you is performance like the most fulfilling and, you know, kind of effective way of doing that. Right now, I feel like performance um, gets people to listen, which is, I felt like for such a long time, my voice was never heard. And so now I'm literally using my voice to be heard. And it feels amazing. Like people actually take notice when I sing. And so I just kind of try to weave in that message along with it sounding all right. So how has it been kind of forming a community that actually knows itself better? I think that's been like, exactly. That's been really cool is seeing our fans kind of talking to one another. And now like they're friends, like they, you know, they come every week on the chat and they're like, what's up? Like, Hey, how was your week? And just seeing these like brief connections has been so awesome to see. Like our music is actually affecting people and helping, I don't know, people get through the day. So it's definitely right. added a whole new element to the live show or live performance that you don't normally get to experience. It's not just being aware y'all now, it's about doing shit about this awareness. Exactly. You know, like, how does that factor into your plans? 
What, I, what can you do now with a much more woke audience? You know? Right, totally. I was going to say there is there's so much potential now. Um, I feel like always leading by example is the way to go. So if I'm asking people and folks to take action in their own communities, I got to be doing that too. And so for me, it is, I'm going to start working with my community first and foremost and seeing like, what can I provide? What can I give to my communities to help? And then I want to document all of that and hopefully push that onto people and like, Already, I'm, I'm seeing that in a little bit of ways, like some fans of ours are starting to do fundraisers for other charities. And I'm, I'm seeing like, okay, there's a, there's a ripple effect here. Something I've been really thinking about is active hope, which is the difference between just hoping something's going to change and actually being proactive about that hope. And that's what I'm making really a change. On. Yeah. And that's what I'm really big on right now is just you know, not only practicing active hope, but, you know, trying to share that with people as much as possible. So check that interview out. It will be published Tuesday. Um, I love her. Thank you so much for joining us, Tara. Next up, we have Tyler Matthew Oyer. So he is a performance artist, visual artist, and musician, singer-songwriter. Uh, he has an album coming out, which he'll discuss on our interview. And he is a person that I have gotten to know. I first worked with him years ago during Beacon. He was our featured artist of the week. The week was themed around kind of queer uh, identity and expression. Um, and he oftentimes will perform pieces that either kind of present a different identity than his own, um, or it will bring a work into the present from someone who uh, is either deceased or kind of in some way no longer with us, uh, who leaves kind of a legacy that he wants to unearth and examine here in the present day. A lot of those people are queer. A big theme of his work is that a lot of these people who died during, you know, the pan the ongoing pandemic of HIV AIDS, who could have offered leadership and mentorship um, and a creative voice that might have been very helpful in these times are gone. And so, you know, he kind of takes on that responsibility and that role of kind of continuing that legacy and performing these works so that people can start to think about them now. Um, and he's here in L.A., like all of us, quarantined, trying to figure out life. Here's a little bit of what we talked about. I'm like, I'm turning into a monk. And the thing is, I'm like, I didn't really mean to turn into a monk, but I am. So there's also that kind of like a little bit of that conflict. Like, I like this kind of monkish, slow isolation with a lot of contemplation, but then also sometimes I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Especially in queer history, like kind of living, you know, our community has lived through a very severe pandemic and kind of like, the, you know, the things that we're missing out on as a result of uh, who was lost there um, and bringing that to the present. It's almost like now we're in kind of like our generations, maybe some version of that. Well, I mean, I would start off by saying, I don't, you know, like the HIV AIDS pandemic hasn't ended. Um, right that's not it's not gone so so i think that i think that what corona does is it reminds us that this these, these issues are not new mm -hmm. they're not new you know this is not the first pandemic and it won't be the last and this is not the first time where a marginalized community is impacted greater than uh, a majority you know this is not the first time uh where governments are fucking up Right. And and not doing it as an accident. Specifically around performance, like why do you feel like that is for you like an effective tool to kind of like touch upon and explore these narratives and themes? 
I guess like the person that I always kind of lean back on is Brecht. Um, you know, was like a German theater maker and writer from the first half of the 20th century. And I guess like what he says is like, if you can use theater to illustrate the problems of the present to the public, then they can think critically about it and potentially go beyond the theater and into their lives and change how they move and think through the world. My phrase that I think I've used the most during this period is dig in. Like, it's like, if someone wants to like, be like, oh, I'm baking bread, I'm planting a garden, I'm like, I don't know, dyeing my hair every two days, like starting a podcast, a YouTube channel. I'm just like, dig in, girl, just dig in. Like, whatever it is you want to do right now, dig in. Thank you for joining us, Tyler. Um, I cannot wait for people to see you. His interview will be airing on Wednesday. Last but not least, Queen Amour. What can I say about Queen? She, I became aware of Queen a little bit over maybe a year or so ago. She's a performance artist, uh, trans performance artist. She has made it her job to kind of put her body in spaces and demand to be reckoned with. Um, she does it in extremely, uh, I would say it is fun and approachable if you are the kind of right person, but she uses a lot of religious iconography. She talks a lot about the kind of hypocrisy and the, and the kind of the destruction that has been wrought in the name of God and the name of Jesus and especially against queer people. So she uh, often has this persona that will arrive to a pride celebration typically dressed in a thong, maybe a top, maybe a bra, um, a crucifix. You might get lucky to see some devil horns, uh, Mary Mag giving you some Mary Magdalene and she twerks that ass you know all the while saying like this is a trans body this is a trans body of color you are going to fucking deal with me you're going to deal with your identity and what you might be hiding within yourself and if you're fun and you want to join me then you are more than welcome you know to ride the wave and she is such a true inspiration she is fearless as all trans people must be uh, who are living their lives uh, in this terribly demonic country at times, especially for trans people of color. And so for her to kind of put herself out there uh, completely and totally and unabashedly is just something that I truly respected. And I respect a bitch who does it by twerking and who can kind of bring uh, a gleeful but pointed spirit to spaces where you're often not welcome. And so uh, she participated on a panel that we did for World Pride in New York last year for our Colors of Progress project where she said all the shit that needed to be said and not without without kind of pandering to anyone's ignorance or anyone's kind of like, you know, fear of confronting issues head on. She ain't about that life. So when I knew we were doing this week, uh, she was one of the first people I approached. And I'm so, so, so pleased to uh, kind of like introduce her to most of you. She's amazing. Here's just a few snippets about what she had to say. I have a right to express who I am. I should be able to play this music on this fucking sidewalk and uh, not be punched in the face and not get arrested. Like I should have the freedom to do this in America. But our idea- We should have the freedom to jog too. You know, we should have the freedom to do whatever. Should, but we don't, you see. And uh, we have uh, believed in this uh, disillusionment of freedom. That freedom is, uh, you is not free. You must pay to be free. Like uh, you're, for your freedom, you must pay in some way. 
some like, uh, it's not free. It don't come easy. You have to fight for it. How do you see what's going on in this country and not feel as if like the problems and hypocrisies that you were pointing out before are even more blatant and are even more in need of your presence? People don't, people don't recognize that. They don't, they don't see it that way. You know, they don't see the performance and the art behind it because they're too busy judging it. It really does take a, uh, a collective shift, uh, like a, a movement, like Black Lives Matter, to bring it into consciousness. Because even if I, you know, had made a post about it on Facebook or did some uh, performance art in the street, you know, about, you know, a man that was murdered unarmed, no one is listening. Uh, you know, hashtags like Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter. And we're, you know, in a slow way, redesigning the conversation and the structure of our system. We're all, you know, trying to, uh, we all need to create, we all know that the system needs to change. And the only way to do it is to put out ideas. Society may not think that twerking in the street and carrying a cross is, uh, you know, you know, orthodox or whatever, but actually uh, there, you know, there's a, there's a freedom here. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a, something that you can't deny, something that can't be spoken. There's something, there is a spirit, there's an energy, there is a life here. And it is demanding to live. How can you adjust what you're doing to account for a time where just the sheer act of being around anybody is, you know, highly suspect? You know, safety has always been a privilege that I never had. And uh, I've always walked understanding uh, that I need to be on my P's and Q's when I'm out in the world because it's not safe. And the world is a dangerous place when you look like me doing what I do, you know, and that goes for any, you know, any of us, really. The world is not a, a safe place. And, uh, you know, it's, we need to recognize that the world is not a safe place. And uh, coronavirus is going to pass. What we're seeing right now is uh, what are we going to do after coronavirus? Because we cannot go back. And if Trump gets reelected, we are going to move. We are going to permanently cement our unsafeness in this society. And uh, it takes all of us to fight this. Girl, so Queen, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I don't think NOLA ready. I definitely know a lot of places in the South aren't ready. So I'm extremely, extremely excited to share your conversation. Uh, it will air on Thursday. So uh, with that, like this is the upcoming week. I, I think everyone out there, be safe. Understand that this is a movement that is going to, that is going up against the most powerful forces on our planet. You know, racism and white supremacy and capitalism, uh, and inequity, health, like these are things that are just interwoven into everything that we experience as people on this planet. And to try and shift the needle um, is going to take all of us doing everything we can. And it's, it's not about an easy fix. It's not about a pretty fix. It's about use, it's about everyone using whatever platform, whatever community they're a part of, whatever agency, whatever resources that they have, to make sure that we are trying to create change. And some people do not want it. That much is very clear. You know, not everyone's on the same page. I mean, that's to say the least. A lot of people benefit from us not being on the same page. A lot of people benefit from racism 
and white supremacy. And we have a leader in charge who knows that the more chaos he sows, the you know that might be the only way that he holds on to power. And that's a and that's an example of something someone so pitiful that the only way that you can cling on to your ill-gotten shit is to kind of make it suck for everyone else. And that is something that is not long for this world, I hope. So anyways, stay safe. For those of you in cities that are actively protesting, um, stay safe. I would say do not back down. Um, people are going to try and do so many different things to discredit you, dissuade you, convince you there's nothing that can be done. Uh, and I'd say, you know, you know what time it is. So make them know. Um, I don't encourage violence against people, but stick up for yourself. You know, we are fighting violence. And so I think that anyone who thinks that it's just going to be about a kumbaya and a fucking vigil about, you know, it's dead Negroes. Like, no, it's not going to go down like that. And yes, people are going to exploit it for their own ends who are not the people who have been protesting this stuff for generations. Um, and it's going to get ugly. And it needs to get ugly because these people who are in the wrong, who are who are wanting to keep the system in place, they will do anything. And I mean anything. They're already doing anything to kind of keep it going, but they'll do anything to protect it. And so we are going to see some real ass shit. So get ready. Um, stay stay woke and stay participating. Um, stay connected to your people. It's never been more important to kind of know who's down in your crew and who's not. And I would suggest you to kind of find the people that you know you can roll with who are down with what you're down with. And with those people, just keep it moving. Um, so anyways, this is Trey. Uh, this is what we go and do. And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, have a great day.